Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. What's up, everybody? Welcome. My name is Aaron DeLong. I'm the lead pastor here at Simple Church. I want to thank you for being with us. I know that uh, uh, you have a choice of where to be on a Sunday morning, or maybe you're watching this on a Monday morning, or a Tuesday, or a Wednesday. I have no idea, but I know you've got lots of options of where you can tune in, and we're so glad that you're tuning in uh, today with us. Man, I hope that you enjoy the time of worship. Let's jump into what we're doing today. We are in week number three of a series called Neighborliness, and let me just say that First of all, I am very aware, especially as I listen back to the messages that I've already given, that I am walking through this series quite, clum- quite clumsily. See, there it is, exactly. Uh, that, that there is a discomfort in me with this subject. There is a disquieting, though, in my heart that I believe God has placed there that I am not comfortable with ignoring these issues that exist anymore. And as I'm walking through this, as I'm growing and as I'm learning, I realize that I have a responsibility to share it with you. But I'm also well aware that the way that it's coming out of my mouth on Sunday mornings, it may not be the clearest. And I just want to ask for your grace. I want to ask for you to stick with us. And, and to walk through this, because my hope is, is that whether I am 100% clear uh, in all the ways that I'm speaking, uh, my hope is that, that there'll be a response within you that seeks God, because I think these issues that we're facing, I think God's calling us to more. I, I think he's calling us to better as, as his people. I think that, that this subject is uncomfortable And I know that it feels heavy. I know that the idea of neighborliness, stepping across the dividing lines that culture has put into place, that history has put into place, that politicians have put into place, that systems and policies and all these different things have put into place. Maybe you had no direct responsibility in them, but you you realize, or maybe you don't realize even yet how you're participating in them, but but talking about them feels uncomfortable to you, and you're getting inundated with it from the news and, and from social media and from... From, from every turn, it's conversations at work, and, and, and you tune in on Sunday morning, and what you want is to be encouraged. What you want is, is, is the, the gospel message. You want good news. That's what you turn tuned into. And, and I have to tell you that I think that this is a very urgent message, because I think that while you're trying to tune into God's heart, you need to realize that this is part of God's heart. Because the people who are suffering underneath the oppression of racism, the people that are suffering the, the societal injustices and the economic inequalities that exist right now, the people that are suffering from those people are also part of the people that God cares about. And that as uncomfortable as it is for us to talk about it and to listen to it, imagine how God's heart is breaking as people that he loves is walking through them. If we're the people that are supposed to love God and to love others, we need to learn to love what God loves. We need to learn to love people that he loves and learn to love how he loves, especially if we're gonna reach across dividing lines to discover the beauty that he has there. Sadly, I understand that these issues, the emotions that are attached to them feel huge. They feel overwhelming. And to step into this space is gonna require that we be strong and courageous. Because I realize that stepping into this space means that, that people are going to assign uh, their views to it. They're going to assign their bent to it. Because sadly enough, even rampant in the church today 
are people who are looking at this issue through their own political views, through their experiential views. In fact, this is why Paul prayed for all people in the church that their, the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened so that we would stop seeing things through our own bent. And my request to you, my, my, my call to us as a church is to pray, God, illuminate the eyes of our hearts so that we can see people the way that you see them. Not that we see them through our political lens, not that we see things through, through the, the bent of our parents, that we see things as Christ followers the way that you see them. And I know, I know that if we choose to align ourselves with what politicians are saying, what our parents are saying, what society and what culture has always dictated, that I know that our politics will be more important than people. In fact, this, this week I got an email from somebody saying, you know what, Aaron? I don't approve of you talking about this. Racism isn't a real thing. Systemic injustices are not a real thing. In fact, I disagree. This is erroneous on your part to lead people into talking about this. But I have to tell you today that if the gospel, which means good news that we preach, is not good news to every person, then it is not truly good news indeed. We must be a people who understand that to have a full picture of God's heart we must lean into the spaces that are uncomfortable for us. We must learn to cross the dividing lines to discover the beauty that God has for us. My heart continues to break over God's church and over our community that is regularly and continually divided. I hate it that our politics matter more than people. But God's concern is not for governments, it is not for power. It is not for politics. His concern is for the people that are involved in government, the people that are involved in that have power, and the people that are politicians. God cares about their hearts. He cares about individuals. That has always been his care and his concern. Not a government, not a specific country, but people. Genesis 1.27 says that all people are created in the image of God. Each one of us is his kids. And that's the, the level that we need to start looking at people. That, le that, that level playing field, not as, not as Democrats, Republicans, whites, blacks, non-whites, Hispanic, on the list go. We have to stop looking at each other through those lenses. We've got to start looking at each other as we are. The thing that, that unites all of us is that every single one of us is God's kids. We're made in his image. And today's topic, what we're going to talk about today is the need for us to be strong and courageous. And we're going to need to do that in order to love everybody like they're God's kids, to set aside our preferences, to set aside our politics, to set aside our experiences, to set aside things that maybe we even hold dear within our family traditions in order to see the beauty that is across dividing lines. So, Today, I'm going to take you into the story of Joshua, but first, I need, want you to know that Dr. Brian Blunt says this, that it is the role of the body of Christ to identify cultural boundaries that are in need of kingdom trespass. And what he is saying is that there are cultural boundaries that exist today. There are dividing lines, and you know what they are. In fact, I would help you identify them by asking you, like, who is the person that you would just not go out of your way to spend time with? Somebody that you would not reach out to connect with, either because of fear or because of differences, maybe because of a past experience, maybe because there's a bias within you. Who is that person? Who are those people groups that you would just not connect with because you'd feel uncomfortable? 
And that's the dividing line. And he's saying it is so important. It's our job as the body of Christ to identify those cultural boundaries, things that we've established, the habits that we have in our lives that are in need of kingdom trespass. Jesus did this, and I'm calling us to be like Christ. He stepped across the boundaries with a leper. Lepers were not supposed to be touched. In fact, it was a skin illness or disease that they had, and, and they were to live outside of the city because they were unclean, and they were to call out, unclean, unclean, so that people didn't come within a certain proximity. This was a cultural boundary that existed, and Jesus healed lepers. In fact, one of them, he healed him by touching him, which was forbidden culturally for him to do that. He identified the boundary, not only healed the guy, but he touched him. It was powerful. Jesus lifted up the voices of people. In fact, that, that in the early days of the Bible, men and women were, were equals. And somewhere along the line, women became denigrated. Women became less than men. And men lorded it over women. And Jesus lifted the voices of women by making sure the very first person, the very first person to say that Jesus was risen, he gave the responsibility to a woman. Jesus stepped through cultural barriers and, and spoke to women, honored them. He also sp- stepped across cultural barriers and spoke to people that, that Jews weren't even supposed to associate with, the Samaritans. He did this by spending time with tax collectors, prostitutes, and sinners. He had a reputation, my point is, for identifying cultural boundaries and then trespassed upon them so that the kingdom of God could be advanced. And this is what this series is all about. There's a call to step across these cultural boundaries and divisions today so that we can discover the beauty of God. For far too long, I think cultural boundaries have determined what pastors and preachers are able to share in the pulpit. Cultural boundaries have said this is okay and this is not. And we've been silent and complicit for too long. If the good news that we preach, I've already said it, is not good news for all, then we've missed the point. It is not good news. It must include a message of justice and equality for people. To step across the lines, we need to be strong and courageous. We need to educate ourselves so that we understand the issues that have existed for so long. We must identify them, and the way we do that is by, through education, but also by searching our heart and allowing God to search that heart and identify those issues. To say, these are the boundaries that exist in your life, and once you've identified them, once he's shown those to you, to step across those dividing lines courageously to trespass upon them. So let's take it, take it to the scriptures today, and I'm going to show you a, a story of Joshua. And uh, here's the situation. Let me just read the verses for you. Joshua, by the way, is, uh, is following up in the leadership after Moses. Moses was this strong leader who brought the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, and he, they crossed the Red Sea, and they were headed for the promised land. And Moses is now uh, dead, which is what this verse says. This is the Lord speaking to Joshua. And, uh, and Joshua is now taking command at, to lead the people into the promised land. So it says this, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come. And we'll come back to that in a moment. For you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving you. Be Joshua for a moment. Moses, who wrote the, the first five books of the Old Testament and more, he's the one who gave the law. Moses, the guy who spent time with God up on the mountain. Joshua is now taking over his role, and he's doing 
what he's doing ultimately completing the work that Moses started, and that was to lead the people into the promised land. And in this moment, it probably felt bigger than Joshua himself. It probably felt overwhelming to him. And I have to tell you that today, the issues of race, the issues of systemic injustice, the issues of economic inequalities that exist in our world today, as we look at them and even identify, okay, I'm going to embrace them, they probably feel bigger than us. And that's understandable because systems and policies and governments, all of those things are huge things and they take time to turn. They take a lot of work and a lot of effort and it feels beyond us. But here is the truth today. Systems can change. Policies can change because those things are run and operated by people. They can change when the hearts of people change. Look at history for us. Look at the history of segregation in this country. Martin Luther King Jr. captured the hearts of people when he declared he had a dream that white people and black people would would dwell together. They would spend time together. They would go to work together. They would go to school together. That they would live in harmony together. He captured the hearts of people. And when the hearts of people changed, that's when the laws changed in our country and segregation as they knew it ended didn't come without a battle. It didn't come without a fight. And Joshua is here in this moment. Joshua is feeling the weight of this moment. But the thing is, is that the time had come. The time had come for change to happen. The time had come for them to be, to be led out of the desert and into the promised land. And Joshua's got hundreds of thousands of people that he has to lead, people that were formerly slaves, people that for 40 years prior to this moment have left Egypt but have been wandering the desert with Moses walking in circles, waiting on God to say, now is the time. He says, the time has come. I think the time has come for this country. I think the time has come for the churches here to call racism and inequality for all image bearers in this world. It is time for us to call these things sin. Call them by the name that they deserve to be strong and to be courageous in our declaration. The time to step up is now. And I understand that like Joshua, this moment feels heavy. This moment feels overwhelming. But the time has come. And watch what happens. Watch how God responds to Joshua and what he says next to him. He says, the time has come and no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. And watch this. I will not fail you or abandon you. That's a powerful promise that God gives us. That as we step into this space, because the time has come, that God's going to be with us. Man, presence makes all the difference in the world. It makes all the difference. It's one thing for me to walk with you through moments of pain. It's a whole other thing to have the God of creation who's promising, I will be with you. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you because he can't. He's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all at once. He knows everything. He's omniscient and he's omnipotent. That means he's all powerful. That God, the one that loves you, the one that is for you, the one that wants to work through you and bless you, the one that dwells in you by his spirit, that God, he's with you. The thing that he's called us to do in this time is to step up. He's like, I'll be with you. And I'm never going to fail you. And I'm never going to abandon you as we boldly stand to declare that we are all equal as his kids. He'll be with us. Goes on to say, so be strong and courageous. You've already heard me say it multiple times today. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. 
God is saying, you may not feel ready and you may not feel equipped, but I will be with you and I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to prepare you. I'm going to equip you and I'm going to give you the power and the strength for all that you need. He goes on. He says, be strong and very courageous. See, he's saying it again. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. God's very clear here that, hey, got to do things my way. Don't, don't deviate to the right or to the left. Stick with me now. Then you'll be successful in everything you do. Now, understand that that's a then statement. That's, there's a whole bunch of ifs on the front side of that. It's an if-then statement. If you'll do this, then this will happen. Like, hey, it's, now's the time. I'm going to be with you. This is what I require of you. If you'll do what I tell you to do, then, then you'll be successful in everything you do. You got to make sure that in this process of leaning in to listening and learning and growing and engaging, that one of the most important things you learn to do is, yes, listen to other voices. Yes, listen to, to other people's stories. But get into a place and space and moments and times of prayer where you ask God, break my heart and then speak to me. Show me what I can do. Because I know that's the biggest frustration with a message series like this. That as I'm pointing out, hey, these issues exist and that we have a call to listen, to lean in. That the most important thing is, is I don't have practical applications for you. I mean, I've got ways that you can listen and learn, but I can't tell you what to do in every single one of your contexts. God can by his spirit that lives inside of you, though, and that's where we have to lean in. That I can't tell you specifically what you need to do in your environment, but I can tell you some ways that people are doing it. I can tell you some ways. I've got this young lady that attends our church, and she, she has taken it upon herself to step into a space, though she feels unqualified, she, she, she doesn't feel like, like she's the perfect fit for it, but she's thankful for it. God opened a door and she's stepping into a space where she's on a, a diversity uh, and an inclusion council. And part of that, God spoke to her heart and said, and part of that is not only doing that here, but you can lead your company to now reach out to those that are struggling with social injustices. And so she's leading a whole organization to do that. Another lady at our church, she is, works for a national organization and she is leading diversity culture change at her organization. One of the highest level leaders that is bringing change to the hearts of people that I know that I know is gonna produce change here in our country. I know other people that are simply just decided that in response to it as they've leaned in and asked God, what can I do? And the answer was, go take a walk in neighborhoods that are not like yours and within your community. Go spend evenings walking with your kids and meet other kids and meet other people that live there. Say hello, develop relationships, listen to stories and lean in. That sounds oversimplified, but it's a powerful thing to do when we're talking about stepping across dividing lines. Or how about this? Others are learning to speak out and are learning to use their platforms of influence as the Lord leads. Not haphazardly, not accusatorily, but calling people to more, calling us to better through a love that is for all mankind. Not because of a cause, not because of an organization, but because of the King of the Kings and the Lord of Lords, the good news that he paid a price for all of us to experience freedom and equality as his kids. So what will it look like for you to step across the dividing line? What will God call you to do? Are you willing to respond? Are you open to his leading? In whatever way that the Lord encourages you and leads you, if you'll do what he tells you, 
then you'll be successful in everything you do. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean it's not going to cost you something because it most certainly will. But in whatever way he leads, will you respond? If I'm being honest with you, this is just me being, I don't want to teach this series. I want people to like me. I want people to come to our church and love being here, and I want them to experience the life-changing power of God, and I want to do that with a smile on our face, and I want, I want people to stay here at Simple Church, and I want people to follow Jesus, and so there's some fear and some trepidation in my heart about saying these words, about doing this series, about sharing them with you, because I know that the enemy's done a good job of entrenching these things in our hearts, and I'm afraid you won't like me, and I'm afraid you're going to have hard things to say, and I'm afraid that you might leave our church, but I'm doing it anyway. And I'm standing here drawing on God's strength to do it. I'm being strong and courageous. There's fear every time I step in front of this camera to talk about it. There's, there's, there's real fear. But I'm here. How will God lead you? How will you respond? The call is for us to be strong and courageous. It's a simple message this week. Not loud and courageous, not foolish and courageous, not opinionated and courageous. It's to be strong and courageous. So my question is, whose strength are you leaning into? Are you leaning into the traditions of your family for strength? Are you leaning into a political worldview? Are you leaning into the anonymity of a keyboard and that's where you find your strength? Are you leaning into to what culture is doing or what historically we have done? The, 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 you're leaning into, well, this is always the way we've done it. This is the, the best way it's been done, the good old days, and that's what you long for and want, and so you're trying to live those out today, and are you perpetuating injustice? What, what strength are you leaning into? Are you leaning into just the strength that you have to do this? Because my goodness, I have to tell you that that's simply not going to be enough. Or are you strong in the Lord's leading are you trusting him for the strength that it's going to take to reach across the dividing lines to see the beauty of God? Are you leaning into, into his word? Are you leaning into God's passion and his love and heart for people to strengthen you? Are you leaning into his desires for justice to strengthen you? To be strong in his wisdom and power and guidance is to spend time with him, to be open to his leading that means spending time with him in his word, spending time with him in prayer, spending time with him in silence, spending time with him in worship, asking God to transform our hearts. You know, John 15 reminds us, Jesus said that if you remain in me, then I will remain in you. We have to remain in God's presence if we want his strength to be strong and courageous. We must remain there. Follow Jesus' lead. He will be with us. Now, this statement of be strong and courageous, by the way, in the first nine verses, it's said three times to Joshua. The reason it's said to him three times means that he was not feeling strong, nor was he feeling courageous. And I know, listen, when you look at scripture, you'll see other times angels show up and they tell them, don't be afraid, right? Because they were afraid. Or don't worry. Why? Because they were worried. So, so when they tell you, be strong and be courageous, Joshua wasn't feeling it. And I understand that, that you may not be feeling it, but here's the encouragement to be strong and courageous. God is not unaware of how you're feeling. In fact, he is well aware. That's why this message is included in this series, to tell you to be strong and courageous. I, I was tempted this week after I got that email to, to scrap this whole series. I even talked to my team and I was like, listen, I don't know. I, I'm feeling like I need to, to just move on to the next series. Let's just drop it because this is heavy. This has got me scared. I'm feeling a certain way about it. And I don't have it in me to be strong and courageous, but they encouraged me. No, Aaron, 
We've got to go. We've got to go forward. We've got to keep pushing. This is an important message that our community, that our church needs to hear, that the world needs to hear, that the next revolution of the church starts here as we obliterate the dividing lines by crossing them. This is an important message. And they encourage me, hey, don't do it. God won't let me walk away from this. My team won't let me walk away from this. My wife and my family, they don't want me to walk away from this. And so I'm choosing to stand here today in his strength, not my own. Choosing to face my fears and call us to do more, to be strong and courageous. I desire to see our communities change. I I have to tell you, I desire to see our church culture change. I think it's the saddest thing that we've got white church and black church and that those two things exist. I think that we should exist together, that there shouldn't ever be such a thing as white church and black church. It's not that, that it's a shame that they exist. I think it's that, that today, I mean, it's a shame that they had to. It's a shame that, that we were unwilling to deal with the racism and bias in our own heart that such a thing as black church needed to be started. Look in your own heart to understand what I'm saying today. If it bothers you that I'm saying that, just know that I'm saying it bothers me. And I believe that the heart of God is for us to be unified, not uniformed. Not to all look the same, not to all be the same, but to be unified in our diversity. It's beautiful. And I believe that God is moving one person at a time. I believe that he's challenging and changing hearts one person at a time so that systems will change as people will change. To be strong and courageous as we follow his leading is what will bring that change. It'll take all of us together doing this work to step across dividing lines in the way that God encourages us and engaging in relationships with others unlike us. Now, God said this to Joshua three times to be strong and courageous, but Joshua still wasn't getting it. So as you read through that, you'll see that God sent his friends to tell it to him a fourth time so that he could finally get it to be strong and courageous. Here's the thing you need to remember is that the Lord spoke to Joshua first. So as I'm calling you to engage, I'm asking you to lean in to the presence of God to allow him to speak to you first and then... Joshua spoke to the people. Lean into how God would have you to engage with, with racial injustices, with, with economic injustices, with cultural changes. Ask God, how, how can I be a part of this? What is the practical application in my context? Allow him to touch your heart. Allow him to break your heart. Allow him to lead your heart, to shape your heart. Let God speak to you and then speak to people and then choose to act. This is a listen first, then follow his lead. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, that God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. Again, this is a verse that exists because God knows that it is our default behavior to lean into fear and timidity, to embrace those things that, that maybe the concerns we have are legitimate, but God's saying there's more. In fact, the, the, the spirit that he gives us is a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. What he offers is this word here, power, is the Greek word dunamis. It means supernatural power. It is power that when you do what you can do, God add his power to, yeah, adds his power to it so that you can do more than you were ever capable of. That's what this power is right here. That's what God offers to you. Then that he gives us love. Man, this is love for him, but also love for your fellow man. A love that calls you to action. A love that calls you to reach and to step across 
dividing lines, and then he gives us self-discipline. In other translations, this word says a sound mind, and what it speaks to is the peace to step into these spaces, the peace so that you can have courage amidst fear. So where do we go from here? This is what God offers us, so where do we go from here? Well, the truth is, I've said it already, I can't tell you what God would have you do in each one of your specific circumstances, but I can tell you that you need to lean in to your relationship with him. But what I have been able to tell you, I've said almost every single week, and I'll say them again. Learn to listen. It's the first one. Learn to listen to God and how he would lead your heart, and learn to listen to other stories from people that are not like you. Learn to lean in and be curious about what somebody's story is and what somebody's experience is, who doesn't live like you, who doesn't look like you, Be curious, step across those dividing lines and listen. Learn. Man, this is important. Educate yourself. Educate yourself on the issues that exist today. Educate yourself on gentrification and educate yourself on social injustices. Educate yourself on how racism plays out. Educate yourself on what it means systemic racism and systemic injustices. Educate yourself. You can do this. This is an easy thing. Pick up a book. I'm going to tell you what. I think that we have to stop expecting people that don't look like us, people that are experiencing the issues to begin educating us. That's not their role. They're under the pressure and the weight of experiencing it already, and they're already exhausted. And yes, I know that a lot of them are willing to share and say, this is what's going on, but there's quite a few of them that have created resources. They are speakers and authors. There are TED Talks. There are documentaries. There are books that you can read that if you'll spend time and get some skin in the game, invest something into your education, that they will be way more willing to speak to you and to help you and to help guide and shape your heart. It'll be one of the greatest gifts that you can give to the community is to educate yourself. Learn and then grow. Man, growing isn't, you said, Aaron, it sounds like you're repeating yourself. No, no, growth is what happens is when you take that education and you begin to do something with it. You begin to have conversations. You begin to discover those those dividing lines and you step across them and and you begin to share humbly with with each other this is where you become more like jesus as you as you step into kingdom trespass moments and then i would say engage man if the lord is leading and as he leads and as you as he reveals opportunities and opens doors for you be prayerful and step through those doors step into those places and spaces of influence And be strong and courageous as you do. That when you have an opportunity to deal with social injustices, when you have an opportunity to shut down racism, when you have opportunity to do this on small and grand levels alike, take those opportunities that the Lord puts in front of you and trust him as you do. Be strong and courageous. That's the call today. To be strong and courageous as you listen, as you learn, as you grow, and as you engage. Let God lead us to discover the beauty that he has for us as we reach across those dividing lines and to be strong and courageous as we do. Let's pray. Father, today I know that there's a whole lot of us that are feeling timid, that we have a lot of anxiety about these issues, the dividing lines that exist, uh, that our culture has drawn, that history has created, that, 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 that even our, our traditions have created, our politics have con- created, our policies have created all these things, the the racism, the systemic injustices, the inequalities among us. God, these issues are sinful and they break your heart. 
And I know that because I know that, that, that the people that are experiencing them have your heart. And so today we pray, God, because the enemy has entrenched us in these things, has placed deeply rooted beliefs within us, God, that you would just speak to our hearts. And that as you reveal to us what you need us to do and what you would call us to do in these moments, that the time is now, that we would be bold, that we would be strong, and we would be courageous as we step into those places and spaces, step across those dividing lines. Lord, give us all the strength that we need. Give us your power, give us your love, and give us a disciplined mind. Give us self-discipline. Lord, we need you to help us in this journey as we learn to live out your call to neighborliness. Now, as we continue in this moment of prayer, I want to speak to those of you that maybe you don't know God or maybe you've walked far away from God. And here's what you need to know, that God stepped across the greatest divide that has ever existed in all of humanity. The divide that existed was between us and him, that he is holy and perfect and we are sinful and imperfect. And that in order for us to dwell with our creator, that our sin needed to be dealt with. That was the greatest divide. And no effort of our own could bridge that gap. We could not cross to him. We, don't, we didn't have the space. We didn't have enough good works that once we were impure, there's nothing we could do to get us across. And God, knowing that, gave everything to bridge that gap between us and him so that we could walk with him again, so that we could know him, so that we could experience freedom, so that we could be loosed from the bondages of our sin. And that's why when God gave everything, he gave everything in his son, Jesus. He sent his one and only son to live a perfect sinless life on this earth, to be brutally murdered on a cross, that when his blood was shed, he would pay the price for your sin and ours, effectively making it so that we could be united with our creator again, have fellowship with him again, that his spirit could dwell within us, that we could approach him and call him father and know him like one. Jesus paid a price for us and God bridged that gap. He stepped across that dividing line. He made a way. And today, the only thing you need to do in order to embrace your heavenly father, to receive and understand and know fully all the love that he has for you is simply to accept what he did for you through Jesus. It's a gift. It's called a gift of grace where he gives you what we do not deserve. And he gives us mercy by not giving us what we do deserve, which is eternity and separation from him. Today, if you're ready to receive this grace gift of what Jesus did for us on the cross, in church we call this making Jesus Lord of our lives. In other words, we're gonna submit our ways to him. We submit our life to him. We submit our preferences to him. He becomes the one who leads and loves our lives. So if you're ready to receive what Jesus did for you, to become a Christ follower, yep, that means a Christian, imperfect as you are and as we are, if you're ready, we're going to pray a prayer. If right now, if you're in our online campus, here's what I would love for you to do. There's a button that's popped up in the chat that says, I'm raising my hand. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Would you do that now? And pray along this prayer right now. Say, Jesus, I need you today. Thank you for all you did to bridge the divide between me and God. Right now, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Give me a new start and show me how to live for you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.
The Bible says if you pray that prayer today that all of heaven is having a party, Simple Church is having a party too, we celebrate this decision with you. As you can see over here in the chat box, everybody's going nuts and uh, they're so proud of you. I am proud of you as well and I'm thankful for the decision that you've made today. Now, I'm asking you if you made the decision today or maybe even you want to talk a little bit more about the content of today's talk click on the connection card button that is there in the chat box or is listed in the, uh, the description of today's talk as you as you're, might be on YouTube or on Facebook. But, but, but click that and say, I said yes to Jesus, or I'd like to talk a little bit more about this faith journey or even about today's talk. I would love to, love to do that. So, so click that for us and we would love to connect with you. We'd love to help you on the next step of your spiritual journey. We'd love to have a conversation with you about neighborliness if you're up for that conversation. But uh, give us that opportunity today, all right? Amen, everybody. Well, as we wrap up a few things I want to share with you, first of all, uh, I hope that you had a great time at the gathering at the park. Uh, we hope that, uh, that, that man, that, that, that just uh, lit a fire in your heart for this community and for your fellow brothers and sisters here at Simple Church. Really hope that you enjoyed that. Uh, today, as we exit our time here, if, you, if God has uh, spoken to your heart and you're prepared to give of your tithes and your offerings, you can do that lots of different ways. They're showing up on the screen right now through our digital app, uh, through our website, or even text to give any dollar amount to 84321. Gets that party going for you. But thank you so much for your giving uh, in this time. Want to encourage you, man, a great way to remain connected, even though we're in this online environment, is through watch parties. You can either host one or join one, and I would love for you to do that. There's a button popping up in our, in our online or in our campus right now. Uh, that you should be able to do that to get some information about that. Uh, and I also want to encourage you, invite someone to join you for church on Sunday mornings in an online world. Invite them over to your house, man, or, or invite yourself to their house, or just invite them to watch, to join along, man. People are still looking for a way to connect with their church, and a digital way is a great way to do that for people that are practicing social distancing and have concerns about their health and have not been able to return to an in-person service yet. So make sure you invite somebody to join you online for church. Next week is our last week of this series in neighborliness. And then after that, we start a brand new series called Stay Positive. So for those of you that have felt like this, is, this has been too heavy of a subject for you and you're ready for more, stick with us for one more week in this series and uh, we'll launch that brand new series called Stay Positive. I know that it's gonna be a great blessing to you just as much as this series will be as well. So thanks guys so much for being with us. I love you. God bless you. I will see you soon.